we interrupt your regularly scheduled programming to bring you a special presentation of Two Nerds, the podcast. Your home for everything movies, music, video games, and everything in between. With your host, Bunny the Bruiser. And Dynamite, Jared Latching. How's it going, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Two Nerds a Podcast. We are Two Nerds. This is a podcast. I am one of your gracious hosts, Buddy the Bruiser. And I am Two Nerds a Podcast, and I will catch your ass down the road. We'll catch your ass next fucking week. What up? We got a we got a good one planned. <laughs> we got a good one. Very heavily prepared episode this week, as always. More so than usual. We, we did more research for this episode than we ever do. I don't know about that, but I will say that we've done more research for this episode than we have done for about ninety five percent of our episodes. Yeah. So what's been going on, man? What's up? How's your uh... How's your week been? I worked, you know. I it feels like house. it feels like forever since we recorded an episode because we did last week's a little early, and then this week we came right down to the fucking wire. So uh, right down to the wire, it's gonna come out a day late. Yeah, and, and even <laughs> then, I was about to text you tonight and be like, oh, "Let's do it in the morning or something," <laughs> <laughs> like not even knowing what your schedule is. Yeah. Um, but this will be coming out on. Super Bowl Sunday, I assume. Yeah. Unless you're going to push it back to Monday. So nobody's going to listen to it until Monday because they're going to be watching the Super Bowl. Um, and so we have to have it recorded right here. Who you got? Who's even? I, I got I got the, the Chiefs. The I Kansas guess. City Chiefs. I guess. I really don't care about football. I don't know if you know this about me. The only American football I care about is the musical group. <laughs> so, LP1. Yes. <laughs> um it's the only American football I care about. I liked I liked LP2. It's it's documented on the podcast as me really hyping it up, saying it's that good. in 30 in 30 years we're going to be freaking sucking it off or something. It's yet to be seen. A lot of people don't like it. I like it. I like it more than LP3, which I have not been able to bring myself to even listen to all the way through. I've, I've listened to it a couple times. I mean, I, I don't revisit it nearly ever. <laughs> but, I mean, I, I liked it when it came out, but again, again, it didn't really stick with me or anything. I love how when you were over here the other day, you saw my American football poster that my wife had just gotten, like, online or whatever, and you were like, oh, did you get this out of show? And I'm thinking to myself, I was like, Kat, you think I'd still be alive if I ever saw American football in concert right now? Would have been deceased as soon as you hear the drumsticks when Nevermint's about to start. I would have just dece- been deceased. Well, so. I seen them, and I survived. Yeah. I was in fucking tears the entire yeah. time. The, as you should be. <laughs> the pain in my heart was just fucking <laughs> on another level beyond anything a human should ever experience. I've seen, man, I've seen a lot of uh, great bands uh, come back for reunions from the punk rock scene. I mean, not like you know, like the, the Ramones or the Sex Pistols obviously, because they're all fucking dead. Um, except for Johnny Rotten, 
who's a Trump supporter. Um, All around great but, guy. <laughs> um, um, amazing individual. Um, Sell out. Um, <laughs> but, well, he's just. They. I don't know if I've talked about this on the podcast before, or if I've even talked to you about it before. But the Sex Pistols were a band to sell clothes. They were they were like the epitome of like a poster band, or I don't even know what what you'd call it. But they were literally put together by a guy that owned a clothes shop that was kind of hitching his wagon on to like the new punk rock trend. And so he put these fucking guys together. I, I might, you better cut an album, you know, or, you know, or whatever. And then, you know, so they put the album together, uh, never mind the bollocks or whatever. And then, you know, they toured around Britain and you know, they were super punk rock and everything. And, and they're just so like, fuck you and fuck everything and everything sucks and, and all that that it's just such a fucking gimmick. Like they're literally right. a fucking gimmick and they, and they were put together to sell clothes. Like they're as capitalist as it gets. And, um, and then the second that, um, their bass player left, they like replaced him with a guy that didn't even know how to play fucking bass just cause he looked more fucking punk rock than anyone's ever looked in their life <laughs> to this day. Sid Vicious is still like probably the most punk rock looking person of all time. Right. Um but the the second that the Sex Pistols broke up and that post punk started getting popular, Johnny Rotten put together Public Image LTD, Public Public Image Limited or whatever you want to call them and started doing post punk. So anytime something got cool, post-punk or new wave, Johnny Rotten was doing it because he was just doing what was fucking cool the entire time. He's not punk rock. Yeah, not punk rock at all. Um, the only thing that, because I was never really like into the Sex Pistols. I mean, it was well beyond both of our times. I mean, although I was into like the Misfits and stuff like that, but I was never really into like the UK kind of stuff. Um, the only story... I don't know if, if the time period really matters, but go ahead. Well, I'm just saying, I, I mean, like, I was All I listened to is music that came out before I was born. Yeah. Except but... for, like, American football, which when that came out, nobody even fucking knew it came out, so... Yeah. But, I don't. I mean, I, I know when they got into, like, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame or whatever, they, like, sent, like, a letter and called it, like, a piss stain and, like, all this stuff. So, like, they're always just, like, begging for the publicity and just showing how punk rock you are. And when a true punk bleeds on the inside, and you don't need to show your punk rockness like that, brother... I'm telling you right now, you don't need tattoos. We have tattoos on the inside. <laughs> although Damn, I do buddy, have, although I do have a tattoo now. Oh, let it be a punk rock. Although I do have a tattoo now, yeah, but that's fine. Um, I like the Sex Pistols. I really do. I think Nevermind the Bollocks is a great punk rock album. I just don't think that it was put together by actual punk rockers. It was put together by a bunch of it's corporate. It's yeah. yeah, it's very, it's like. <laughs> it's so corporate, but it like preaches being anti anti corporate. Yeah, it, it's weird. If, it, if it's there's an oxymoron, a, yeah, it's a conundrum. If there's a a, a 
a UK punk rock band that um, deserves attention out of that. It's The Clash. Yeah. Um, way better. And uh, I don't know. Never really felt... They never seemed to really feel the need to be like, Oh, I want punk rock, in it? Like, you know... <laughs> <laughs> I got on the... Fuck you! <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, they're, they're very fuck you, but it was like, uh, you know, kind of like, um, we have we have problems with, like, the socio-political layout of society right now, and we're just going to talk about it in our songs. And I, I've never really read interviews with them or anything. They got pretty poppy near the end. But honestly, like beyond their first album they've always kind of been like a little bit more than punk rock they've always infused like other styles and genres into their music that made it pretty unique the clash yeah clash so yeah. I, I have an appreciation for the clash more so and they don't seem as fucking fake to me as the sex pistols do right sex pistols are just so manufactured and fucking plastic have you seen Sid and Nancy? I've always wanted to watch it. It's been on my list because um, I like Gary Oldman and whatnot, but I've never watched it. So I don't know if you saw it. The story it. of Suspicious is such a fascinating one that I've always just kind of wanted to watch the movie. I didn't even know Gary Oldman was in it. I just knew it existed. He, he is Sid Vicious. There you go. He's such a... He's a fucking chameleon, dude. He's fucking Sid Vicious. He's Sid Vicious. He's that, like, meth head. Well, Sid Vicious meth head. Um, or crackhead, or whatever the fuck Sid Vicious was on heroin. Um, he's whatever. He's that fucking drug dealer, or, or pimp, or whatever, in, in True Romance. Yeah. Um, he's goddamn Dracula, right? Yep, Dracula, yeah. And uh, he's fucking... He was in all the Harry Potters, although I don't really care about that, but he was in Batman, he was... Hey, it's Sheriff Gordon. Yeah, he's... Commissioner, Commissioner Gordon, yeah. sorry. He always looks completely different in all this fucking movie. He's, he was in that new movie this year that came out on Netflix, Mank, or whatever, and so, like, he's get, he's back in the headlines getting, like, best actor buzz and all that, so... What a guy. He's always very good. Yeah, he's always good and everything. Yeah. <laughs> Just one of those guys. Like, yeah. Yeah, he's good. We're going to talk about someone who's not always that good. <laughs> Your boy. On, later on in the show. Yeah. Um, but yeah, what, what were you talking about? Punk we were just, rock? We were just talking about punk rock, yeah. Oh, so yeah. So I've, uh, I've had the opportunity to go see uh, Reformed Ladderman. When they uh, reunited and, and played in New York, did you ever get into them? I listened to them, but I wasn't. I, they were never like one of my favorites, but I listened to them. And I remember when you went to that show, and I was like, "Fuck," because like I wasn't even aware that it was happening. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, they were at the time, and I haven't listened to them in so long. But I would probably still consider them one of my favorites. But at the time, that was probably like my favorite fucking band ever. They're and, good, man. And they, and they reunited, and, and they played in New York, and then they did a couple fasts. Like, they pissed me off because 
the show that I went to was supposed to be their last show ever. And they were like playing it up like, oh, this is it. You know, we're done. This is our last song forever and all this. And then they went to Europe like a month later and played like five shows. And then I think they played the fest. And I still think um, if COVID wasn't a thing, they'd probably be popping up on random festivals here and there. Probably. But yeah, they've got a couple bangers. I mean, like, there's never a reason not to party. I'll still throw that on every once in a while. But, you know. Yeah, great. Great song. Great band. Um, And then, yeah, I saw American Football when they first reunited. And they played the perfect set because they didn't have any other... <laughs> yeah, it was just the one album. They didn't album, have so. any other material. So they played their discography at the time, which was their EP. And then the first, you know, self-titled all the way through from start to finish amazing probably the best show i've ever been to um and then um a year ago like two years ago now yeah it'll be two years ago on valentine's day um jawbreaker reunion in washington dc with midnight miles yeah i remember you guys went to that (laughs) yeah that was great fantastic um so, still got to catch that Misfits reunion, but, uh... Yeah, nice try. <laughs> <laughs> hey, with, uh... With the shocking announcement on the... On the, uh... Taco Town. Nobody knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> with, uh... With the Mazer Laser announcement on Taco Town, maybe I can afford to see the Misfits here sometime whenever COVID ends. Oh, yeah, maybe, yeah. <laughs> take out a second mortgage on my house why are they expensive to see well i guess now oh, if, if dan's if danzig is there i would imagine but i remember back when oh, they were yeah. they were still just with jerry only in the fucking action wasn't really the misfits yeah i'm because they would play peabody's for like five bucks or whatever but yeah because that was the only way anybody would go see that shit yeah you know, five bucks <laughs> you're gonna pay fucking over ten like over ten dollars to go see the Jerry Only Misfits. Come yeah. on, man. Not even Michael Graves, and I don't even like Michael Graves. But not even. I like. You know, I think I don't consider it true Misfits, but the Michael Graves era did have a couple good songs. Oh my God! You're gonna say Saturday Night, aren't you? Well, Saturday Night sounds like a '50s fucking doo wop thing. Like I think it's hilarious. Um, but a couple songs off of Dig Up Her Bones or whatever the fucking album was called it has a couple good songs. I like Saturday Night too, but I don't even consider it punk rock, really. It sounds I like hate, fucking Elvis. I hate Saturday Night. I hate that song because it's so overrated. If As just a song, it's like, it's okay. It's not terrible. Like, I don't like... I can listen... I could potentially have it on in the background if someone put it on and not hate it but it's the fact that I don't know about you but like all the punk kids in Ashtabula and even the kids out in Erie that I know they're like Saturday Night's the greatest Misfits song ever no that's no that's trash and I'm like it's not even close it's not even fucking top 50 like if 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 Danzig has 50 songs with I was going to say, I don't know if there's even 50 with Danzig. Uh, that's probably close, but... It's, I, I mean, know. should we calculate it right now? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> we got time, but I don't know. Um, I wonder if if a, if a quick Google search would, would just bring it up. 
Yeah. Uh, how many songs did Danzig do with the Misfits? There it is. Uh, let's see here. Oh, come on. Um, so, <laughs> it doesn't say, uh, it doesn't say. It doesn't say. We could we could potentially just uh count the uh <laughs> count the tracks. <laughs> yeah. Um The thing is that on Static Age there there might be a couple of repeat songs. Um so uh seven plus six is thirteen on Walk Among Us. And then, let's see, uh-oh, and then 12 on, um, on goddamn Earth AD on the cassette version. And then here's the, like, there's at least, if you count the different versions of every song, there's more than 50, because, like, there's so many different, like recordings of them and they all sound like absolute garbage which adds to the charm but i just wish that there was any sort of decent recording of danzig era and there just isn't um i don't know about i i like the uh i think that um i don't know i think that everything that they put out with him sounds good enough i think everything sounds audible i i i We'll say on Static Age, which is basically a compilation album. Yeah. Um, a lot of the, a lot of the guitar tones on it sound kind of poopy, but you can understand everything that's happening. It's not like a really old grindcore record where like grindcore is already kind of like uh what's going on here <laughs> what's going on and then they have like the bad recording quality mixed in with it then you're just really like what the fuck is going on but i mean hybrid moments is on static age yeah. and i don't know like see if if these songs sounded really polished i probably wouldn't like them as yeah much. that's what i'm saying it like adds to the charm and the appeal but i, I don't know like most of it sounds like piss, but again, it it's good enough. But I don't know. I think that um, goddamn uh, Earth AD sounds great. I think that it sounds exactly. I mean, this goes back to like what I just said about any Misfits song, but I think that Earth AD sounds as good as pretty much any hardcore punk album for the time. Yeah, I mean, for the time, I mean. What? Which is exactly Early 80s. how I like my hard runks, my hardcore punk to sound. I wanted to sound always sound fucking grimy and like it was recorded for like fifty dollars in a garage. Yeah. Like I I love that shit. Minor Threat, Misfits, Suicidal Tendencies first album. Like yeah, <laughs> where it sounds good enough that you could understand everything that's happening in it but it also it does not sound very good right by the traditional sense whereas now like all heavy music pretty much sounds so 
polished and so fucking like digital most of the time. And then uh, something's going on over here. <laughs> um, it all sounds so fucking fake now. I, yeah. I, I like there's gotta be there's gotta be like some raw element to it. Like I don't like it when it's too polished either. But I don't know, well, that... I mean, like nowadays, even when you even when they do try to make it sound a little shittier nowadays, it's still like. It's I don't know something about it. Everything's recorded digitally now and stuff. There's there's just something about it that fucking irks me to like about everything. Yeah. No, I, I I hate music. Yeah, I need to re-listen to some of that old stuff because back in high school, that's like what got me into music, like fucking Circle Jerks and Descendants and fucking Screeching Weasel, all that bullshit. Like I don't know, I haven't revisited a lot of that in years. So yeah, um. Yeah, Circle Jerks and, and Descendants, they they come on my daily mix a lot, but I never really, you know. Right. I'm, I'm not huge into them, but I understand who they are and what they, kind of like the Dead Kennedys. Did, did we ever talk about what just happened with them recently? No, what happened with them recently? Well, it's not like the original lineup anymore, obviously, because it's right. been fucking 30 years. But, um, like... God, what was it like? Oh, one of the dudes in the Dead Kennedys like tweeted out on their official Twitter, um, goddamn, like, wow, Mitt Romney, what a, you know, like, great job by, great speech by Mitt Romney, really fucking speaking the truth, and like, just like this big, like, pro Mitt Romney thing, because I guess, uh, Romney, uh, basically came out and said the election wasn't rigged right or or something and so like the original you know like all the fucking you know dead kennedy's fans are like what the fuck are you doing like what the <laughs> fuck what the fuck is this <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> fucking the the nazi punks fuck off band is fucking tweeting support for republican mitt romney right <laughs> like what the fuck is 2021? Um, but the original singer of the band, like, came out and, like, disowned them and basically said, that band's been shit, like, basically. <laughs> basically, ever since I left, that band sucked dick. Like, <laughs> I was not aware of any of this, so, yeah. <laughs> I don't think he used the term suck dick that would come off as, as homophobic. And that's not... That's not very punk rock. It's not his vibe. Yeah. yeah. I guess there was another controversy after after he left um, where um, they gave permission for uh, uh, Robert Rodriguez to... Is it Rodriguez? Yeah, to use a cover version of uh, Too Drunk to Fuck in uh, Planet Terror. Okay. And um, during a rape scene in the movie, and oh. the song is like anti-date rape. So like, I don't, the singer like came out and was like, it wasn't even the original recording. It was like a cover by like a different right. band, but the band yeah. still had to prove it, and they did. And he just came out and like 
the, these guys are the biggest fucking sellouts in punk rock. <laughs> <laughs> they used my song. <laughs> yeah. During a rape scene in a movie, and that song is the most anti-rape song of all time. Yeah. And so, like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how I started talking about Dead Kennedys. But that's just fine. a contro- recent controversy. That that uh, Planet Terror one's older, obviously, but when yeah. the when the newer controversy happened, I kind of looked up that there's been a history of controversy ever since the band broke up and reformed. Hmm. Yeah. I wonder why. Yeah. Because they're sellouts. They're like Johnny Rotten and Sid Vicious. The fucking sellouts are not real punk rock. No. Not a chance. I don't know if Sid Vicious was really a sellout. Sid Vicious might have been a real punk that was just like, hey, you, come here. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you, come here. Wow. I don't uh, know. As far as I know, he really was fucking crazy. I mean, that's how he died. Yeah. I don't know. All right, talk so, about talk about something, for fuck's sake. I don't know what to say, man. Well... This is a fine. I told I, I told you this was our most researched podcast. So talking about guys that are not punk rock. Sylvester Stallone. It's it's uh You don't think he's punk rock? No. <laughs> what what movie has he ever been punk rock in? He literally is the law in Judge Dredd. Yeah, it's very anti punk punk rock. Yeah. Yeah, I think he probably like probably shoots up some fucking splatter punks in that movie i, I would imagine i haven't seen judge dread in a long time but yeah i mean we our subject for today's discussion um is the illustrious 1992 film stop or my mom will shoot illustrious. Um, very illustrious we actually it won got three awards it did we actually got the opportunity to watch this together the other day so that was quite the experience um very distracting very distracting so this isn't gonna be the most in-depth review that we've given on the show for any of our films um we watched this on vhs with speaking of piss poor audio um this may have been one of the worst (laughs) at least the copy that i have yeah i I don't know if it was just your VCR or your copy or your fuck or just like did they all get released like this? I'm not seeing anything on the internet about like horrible audio issues that have that plagued the release. Right. It must just be the tape because it's not the VCR. So um, I might just have a bad tape of it, which is fine. <laughs> the only thing about development and writing and the wikipedia for this is literally that rumor that um or the 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 legend that uh stallone took this uh took this role because arnold faked being interested in it and tricked him right i actually did (laughs) i know we've been talking ironically not ironically um what's the word i'm looking for sarcastically talking about doing research for this, but I actually did watch an Arnold interview earlier this week where he tells the story that, like, his agent called him and gave him the script, and Arnold read the script, and he said, he said, this is shit, 
basically. So he had a conversation himself with Stallone and told Stallone that he was thinking about taking it, which is what made Stallone campaign to get the part. And then it was a rib, basically. I mean, like, it was a terrible film. So. I mean, let's take a look here. <laughs> I know what I'm going to find. But <laughs> if what I'm going to find is true, what are, I don't know what you're looking for, so don't worry. Um the then the Well, maybe not. I thought Terminator 2 might have came out in 92. No, it was um, 91, wasn't it? Yeah, 91. I was going to say, if, if Schwarzenegger, Schwarzenegger fucking was making Terminator 2 around the same time as this... Um, they might have been like, shot around the same time. I guess, possibly. No, there's no way. Terminator 2 came out in 91. Let's check out what month. Um... Because this was released February 92, so it was early on. This came out in July of 91, okay? And this is Terminator fucking 2, okay? So, this is no, like, oh, they shot it shot it in a week and it was done, like... No, nah, it was a... It Terminator was quite the production. Was a fucking production. Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, like, well, let's see, when did they... I'm sure there's a fucking production... Uh, filming spanned 171 days between October 9th, 1990 and March 28th, 1991. So. Yeah, and the the stop in my mom, or my mom will shoot Wikipedia page, as you had already referenced, does not give very much information on when it was no, shot. It's, it's literally just like, ha ha, Stallone, you're stupid. The fucking yeah. Arnold tricked you. Yeah. What well, I mean, what was did Stallone not read the script? Did he just like, oh, Arnold says this is good, huh? I'm gonna, I'm, I can't do a Stallone impression. I mean, he must have read the script, but he was like, well, if I don't take it, Arnold is gonna take it, and then I don't know, because it was all about competition in the '80s. I mean, they're all buddy buddy now, but back then it was like, who could be in the the better it wasn't movie the 80s anymore and and literally um but this year... was this was when Schwarzenegger was starting to take comedies this was after twins and kindergarten cop so right and then last action hero came out the next year so while Stallone while this was coming out uh, Arnold was filming last action hero and Stallone kind of sort of makes a cameo in that yeah as as in like the alternate universe where Stallone plays the Terminator, yeah, and he's like the the uh, fucking uh, video store standee of him, yeah. And then um, the kids like, wait, what's going on here? Like, and like Arnold's like, oh, he's a great actor. <laughs> I I love this film or something stupid like that. So they were already it was friendly it was friendly competition at this point. It had to have been. Yeah. But, I don't know. But, oh, go ahead. Uh, I don't know what I was going to say. 
What did you? You are on fire. I'm on. Week. I'm on fire tonight, oh man. My I'm on the top top of my worry, game. Buddy. Don't worry, buddy. Get on my back. I'll, I'll fucking. I'll carry this fucking. I'm on the top of my game this week. I'll carry this thing. I'll fuck this dog. You just hold its head. Um, the uh, God, that's such a terrible saying. <laughs> what we did make note of, though, while we were watching this film, is that if Arnold Schwarzenegger had indeed taken this movie, oh, it would have been a lot better. This movie would have been awesome. <laughs> this would have been badass. Stallone just kind of got in there and like it didn't seem like he really fucking cared at all about any of it. No, it didn't. It didn't seem as much. And I mean, to be fair, we weren't paying attention for a lot of it. But when we were watching it, like there were a few funny one-liners every once in a while. But it was from the fucking mom. Like they didn't give. Stallone really anything to do from what I can remember he had the title mm. line he was like stop or my mom will shoot but I remember the fucking mom had a couple like one liners and stuff in it yeah Stel Getty and uh, she won uh, the Golden Raspberry for worst supporting actress okay so here's the thing and I brought this up when we were watching it I read on, like, the IMDb facts or whatever that um, when she found out the movie would involve guns, she said she would only do the movie if there were no guns. And then the producers lied, saying there would be no guns in the movie to get her to sign on. Which we were both like, uh, it's called Stop or My Mom or Shoot. You won't, you don't think there's any guns in it? There's literally a scene where she tears apart a gun and is putting it in the sink and cleaning it with like a fucking sponge. It's like 10 minutes into the movie. She's fucking around with guns. Yeah. And then she holds more guns in the movie than Stallone does. Yeah. By the end of it all. I don't know. We watched it kind of, um, we watched it before the Royal rumble. The audio was bad and we had like a room full of people and it was just very hard to pay attention to the movie. There were several conversations going on. And um, when I when I did finally like try to sit and pay attention to this thing, every time I looked, it just gave me nothing to fucking work with here. Yeah. And we were having some flame-ass Mexican food, too. It was yeah. So I was more focused on my burrito than I was. Uh, fuego, one, one would say. Yeah. Um, but our boy here, Roger Ebert, he was not uh, a fan of this one. He liked Junior. No, he, he loves Junior. Junior was like one of his favorite fucking movies of all time. Um, but he says of Stop or My Mom Will Shoot that it was uh one of the worst movies he'd ever seen, quote unquote. And uh, he labeled it as one of those movies so dimwitted, so utterly lacking in even the smallest morsel of redeeming value that you stare at the screen in stunned disbelief. It is moronic beyond comprehension, an exercise in desperation during which even Sylvester Stallone, a repository of self-confidence, seems to be disheartened. Yes. That's what he says in his article. And then on the show, Siskel and Ebert at the movies or whatever, like the television version where they like are having a conversation about the film, it's not a written thing. 
he is quoted as saying simply, it has no funny moments, it has no interesting moments. <laughs> but Which, he loved Junior. Yeah. Filled with hilarity. What, what, what did he say about Junior? That, like, Schwarzenegger's performance was, like, all-time great? One of the... He says, it, like, the... like dramatic actors would be, like, envious of his performance yeah, and they, stuff. Yeah, like, oh, they should take notes when watching Junior. Good God. Yeah. Which was a couple years after this, so maybe he saw this and that was the, the standard. So when he right. saw Junior, because Junior was better than this, I would yeah. imagine... So I mean, it might. It, this might need a, a rewatch from the both of us. We couldn't pay full attention. Like when I was watching Junior, I was like laser focused in. Like I watched the fuck out of that movie. But this, not so much. Yeah. And I and and some parts when I was watching this, I you know, I was laser focused in on Junior, and then um and, and with this movie. Not so much, and but the the times that I did look at it, I think that if I would have been more focused on the movie, I probably would have enjoyed it a little bit. I'm sure I would have found something to enjoy, even if it was a so bad it's good kind of deal. There was one quote that stuck out to me. I didn't write it down, but I remember it. I like there's a scene where like the mom is cooking him breakfast or whatever. Um, and he mentions that he does not like eggs, which I found ironic because in Rocky, he like drinks the raw eggs and stuff. Yeah. Did he popularize that in Rocky or was that a thing people already did? It might, I mean, I'm sure it had some sort of precedent. Cause I mean, it's like what, like pure protein or some shit. But it's definitely the first time I saw it. Someone do that, so. Yeah. Um, geez, I can't really even remember anything about this movie. Um, there was the the scene with the with the potential jumper, uh, the guy that was gonna. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, jump off the roof, and then Stallone goes up there to help him out, and then. It ends up being that Stallone might jump because his mom gets the fucking police megaphone somehow, and, and then it's embarrassing just, him in front of everyone, just saying embarrassing things. So embarrassing, in fact, that the guy that was actually going to kill himself, it was like, like, wow, buddy, like I wanted to kill myself, but I'm fine now. <laughs> after yeah, seeing, like, after hearing that, you're the my life that... ain't, My life's got nothing on your embarrassing ass life. And he like leaves him up there, and like on his way down, like the cops are heading up there. The cops are heading up there, like I'm assuming to help that guy, right? Because Stallone's a cop, yeah. right? Like the cops pretty much know what he's up there for. One would think. So they're on their way up there, and then in the stairwell, they meet the guy that they're supposed to go up there to help, and he's like, yeah, somebody should help that guy up there. Like, he, he needs some help. Yeah. Or whatever. <laughs> the and stairwell scene, going. Yeah. But, like, don't they arrest people that do that? I don't know if they did at the time. I mean, now it's like, yeah, because it's causing, like, 
such a fucking disturbance. And I mean, like, you have these cops on the payroll that have to, like, go out of their way and fucking go there and, like, do that shit. So, like, yeah, it's, like, mass hysteria, basically. I mean... I don't know if you go to prison, but you might go to, like... I don't think you'd asylum. go to prison. I don't even think you would go to jail. They might try you for, like, mental help or something. I think that you would definitely probably spend the night in jail and have to pay a fine. Yeah, I'd imagine. And, like... There's certain... It, there's repercussions to it no matter what. Like, you don't just get to, like, walk away. Right, they don't just fucking, like, oh, oh I, I'm gonna kill myself, and then, like... They get you down, and then they're just like, "All right, off, off on your way, then." Yeah. Like, no, you definitely, you definitely get arrested. I feel like you have to get arrested. Yeah. If you just threaten suicide, especially what if you jump off and have to land on the fucking trampoline thing? Yeah. <laughs> oh man. So I remember that scene. I remember when she washed his gun with bleach and he was like, oh my god, it's gonna blow up in my hands if I use it. Oh, mom, stop! I'm sorry! It looks good! Or whatever, like... Right, but he can't use it anymore because it's ruined, basically. Yeah. I can't even, like, tell you the plot of the movie. Like, I know that she moves in with him or whatever and there's, like, I don't know if it's, like, mafia stuff going on, but, like, she witnesses some, like, illegal shit. I think she witnesses a drive-by shooting or something like that. And then um, I'm pretty sure she buys a fucking Uzi off of, like, uh, obviously from some fucking shady black market criminal dudes, like, because where else would you buy a fucking Uzi? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess at a gun store, but she doesn't go to one. No, I would have remembered that scene. <laughs> Yeah, so, I don't know, there's the scene, the, the scene where he actually recites the fucking title line. Yeah. Stop or my mom will shoot. <laughs> 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 oh, fucking hell. It's not very good. I still haven't rated it on Letterboxd. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what to give it because I feel, I feel in my heart of hearts that I did not give the movie a fair shake. Yeah, but at the same time, it was fucking bad. Uh, maybe we might have to revisit it for next year's uh, Stallone month. <sighs> give it its uh, due diligence because I don't know if we did it justice, <laughs> but it, it has like three fucking endings. Like, I remember, like, they would just fucking do something. It was big, action-packed thing. And and then I was like, man, all right. That was the end of the... That was it. That was the climax, right? And then there's the scene where they're, like, in the airport, and then there's, like, a whole other fucking chase scene. And I was just like, this movie just won't fucking end. They had like, to fill that hour and a half. Oh my god, the last line though, or whatever. Oh man, is is there a plot synopsis? Um Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um the 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 airport scene and they fucking um his mom's just like 
they're just in there and there's this shady looking guy in the airport or whatever he just kind of looks like a fucking incel and Estelle Getty starts going off like ah he's a criminal he's a criminal like screaming at this fucking guy right and Stallone's like ma you're you're fucking being crazy stop and finally the guy just panics and he starts running and so Stallone's like hey wait and the guy like has a gun and and all this shit so Stallone chases him and they capture him or whatever and then his mom is like I remember he was wanted for shooting his mother (laughs) and that's the end of the movie that's the last line of the fucking movie the big punch line and it just went off like a fart in church (laughs) yeah like we were sitting there everybody in the room was paying attention at this point and then that line came out <laughs> and then the credits started rolling and it was just like a collective groan <laughs> like <laughs> in the room it was me your wife uh Mazer laser midnight miles and and his wife yeah. and um she was certainly treating him like her husband <laughs> at the gathering um and not in a good way. Um, <laughs> so yeah, stop or my mom will shoot. One of the all-time classics. Um, Stallone has said it's the worst film he's ever done. Um, I don't. I don't believe that. But it's yet it's yet to be determined. Because um, we still need to figure out what we're watching next week. He's done so many movies, buddy. Like he's done so fucking many movies. Let's. Oh, wow. When did this happen? 2017. There's a lot. Jesus Christ. What, Stallone Uh, films? He's credited uh, in 87. No, I'm looking at his sexual assault allegations. Oh, what? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Here we go. In February 2001, an exotic dancer named Margie Carr filed a lawsuit against Stallone, accusing him of rape while at the Santa Monica Fitness Center where they both worked out on February 26, 2000. A lawyer for Stallone denied the claim, saying she sold the story to Globe the month before the lawsuit. Okay. So what happened? No, no, um... No, uh... Closure on that lawsuit there, apparently. Huh. Uh, Apparently it turned out fine because the damn... Stallone never went to prison. Um, in 2016, a report from the Las Vegas Metropolitan Police Department was published stating that Stallone was accused of sexual assault by a 16-year-old girl while he was shooting a film in Las Vegas in 1986. The teen reportedly said that Stallone, then 40, forced her into a threesome with his bodyguard. Oh, my God. Oh, God. <laughs> A spokeswoman for Stallone denied the allegation. No, no way. No way. Come on. Um, Stallone's ex-wife, Bridget Nielsen, later came to his defense saying that she was with him at the time of the alleged assault. Oh, Lord. (laughs) Great defense there, Bridget. Um, Stallone's over-the-top co-star, David Mendenhall, also defended Stallone, denying the claims that he introduced to Stallone Denying claims that he introduced Stallone to the girl in question. That doesn't sound like he 
defended Stallone. It sounds like he defended himself. Um, in November 2017, a woman accused Stallone of sexually assaulting her at his Santa Monica office in, early, in the early 1990s. Stallone denied the claim. There's a pattern here. Yes. Um, <laughs> his attorney revealed the accuser filed a report after an entertainment website declined to pick up the story. Stallone's attorneys also stated that while the actor had a consensual relationship with the accuser in 1987, they had two witnesses who refuted the claims. In June 2018, the Los Angeles District Attorney's Office confirmed an investigation stating that the Santa Monica Police Department had presented a sex crimes case against Stallone to a special prosecution task force for review. In October 2018, the Los Angeles District Attorney's Office made the decision not to charge Stallone for the alleged assault as no witnesses corroborated the allegations. Stallone, in turn, filed a police report regarding her lying on an official document. Hmm. So there it is. Three sexual assault allegations for our guy the man of the month Sylvester Stallone (laughs) yep bad stuff (laughs) and in the morally sound and um just the high standing individuals that we are we will not look back and continue Stallone month as planned. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Alright, so that's selected filmography. Let's, um... Alright, here we go. So his full filmography... Let's see here. He's appeared in over 70 films, or 75 films. Yeah, he's credited for 87 things on IMDb, but I'm sure some of it's short film, video game adaptations, stuff like that. But yeah, it's a lot of stuff TV credits I did not know that Rambo was in Mortal Kombat 11 oh yeah so let's see here um no place to hide have you ever heard of it no we're uh Stallone plays the lead man of Jerry Savage. Never heard of it? Mm-mm, no. There's no way in hell that fucking Stop or My Mom Will Shoot is, is worse than... Is, is, worse is, than... is worse than No Place to Hide. Or worse than, um... Let's see here. Uh... Escape to Victory? Is that early on? Is that another one? At the beginning of his career? Uh, what? This is 1981. Oh. So in his peak, in his prime. American Sports War Film. Hmm. How about Rhinestone? Haven't seen it, but I've at least heard of that one. I that think. actually is a musical comedy with Dolly Parton and Sylvester Stallone. Might have to watch that one with old Mazer Laser. Is a huge Dolly Parton Dolly fan. Dolly fan, yeah. I'm gonna have to find that. I have to find that on VHS and pick that one up. Although a critical and financial failure, 
it spawned two top country hits for Parton. So at least somebody was successful out of it. Stallone said he regrets making the film. (laughs) (laughs) I mean... I'm just saying, there's no way that Stop or My Mom Will Shoot is his worst. So, Rhinestone, Sylvester Stallone turned down the male lead in Beverly Hills Cop to make Rhinestone. They were looking for a white guy? Well, I guess once they casted um, Eddie Murphy, they changed the concept. That's what it says in the fact. It wasn't originally a comedy, and they... They reworked the script, but yeah, he was. It was originally going to be a, a Stallone project, and he was like, "Nah, I'm gonna do this Dolly Parton movie." Uh, I mean, it, it worked out for the best. I think that if uh, Stallone and Beverly Hills Cop as a non-comedy probably would have not been very good. No, it probably would have been one of these other many, many Stallone films that we haven't seen or is not even worthy of talking about. Right. Just another run-of-the-mill cop movie. Have Um, you seen Cobra? No. Neither have I. How about next week? Uh, let me see if it's available to watch anywhere for free. Well, I have it on VHS, so I don't have to worry about it. Well, that's good for you. (laughs) Listen, buddy, listen. You have paid for a couple of those. Didn't you pay for Junior? I did. (laughs) We gotta watch Cobra because the screenplay, or Stallone's screenplay, was originally conceived from ideas he had during pre-production of Beverly Hills Cop. All right. Well, it connects, and then I so we'll, we'll is, do it for next week. This is what Beverly Hills Cop was supposed to be, Cobra. So we'll know. All right. Yeah, we can watch that for next week. That's fine. I'll find a way to to get it. All right. This has been a hell of a podcast. It's been a hell of an one of our one of our greatest hits right here. This is a good one. This is why our podcast is one of the most successful. Of all time. In all the land, yes. Yeah. Alright, let's let's fucking let's fucking (laughs) let's just (laughs) let's put this thing down. Let's just fucking give it (laughs) a take it take it out back like fucking old yeller or whatever. The second time we've referenced a dog dying in this episode, I think. Yeah, well the first time. Let's be very clear, buddy. The first time we referenced the dog, it was for bestiality. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> not much better not better at all I think I'd rather shoot a dog than fuck it let's shoot it stop or my mom will shoot the dog shoot the fucking thing buddy let's go 